The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Amen. It's good to be here tonight. It really is. Uh, we have uh, Jose's coming, a Mexicano hurricane. Who would ever think? What's a Mariana hurricane do? You can't ever tell with the Mariana's, right? Jose's coming up the coast, amen? Jose, can you see? There goes my tree. <laughs> amen. Then remember a few years back, they got insulted because all the hurricanes were named after women. Remember? So they start naming after men. And that's, is that sick? That's crazy, I'll tell you. I'm from the old school. I am not politically correct, and I do not try to be. Amen. I do not try to be um, old school. And so uh, try not to do it in an insulting way. But I do laugh a lot at today's uh, current uh, trends. Matthew chapter 26, I don't want to be long. Pastor uh, Tool has some traveling to do. He's not staying. He's leaving. So the sooner I get him up here, the sooner he can get out, the sooner he can get home, and we finally get rid of the guy. <laughs> I don't want cutting into my basket. You know what I'm trying to say? I'll go back to the hotel and I'll be in the living room and say, what are you doing here, O'Toole? Get out of here. So if I can get him out quick before he changes his mind, he'll say, hold on, I'm too tired. Let's stay with Pastor Panichetti tonight. There's a text before us, and Brother Higgins, this young man, I was here today, was born. I got to see him birthed, and what a wonderful family. Pastor Higgins and his sons and daughters. I just love them to death. It's just a craziness that we'd be together again tonight. You know what I mean? I love the way you sing. I love, when he hits that piano, I don't want to call him Bully Joe or the Baptist movement, but he's pretty close. Amen. <laughs> Play me a tune, Mr. Piano Man. Play me a tune tonight. You know what I mean? We're all in the church anyway, okay? I, there's certain people, there's certain keys, there's certain rhythms. I don't know what it is. He's got it. He just has it. And boy, I said to him, oh, I love the way he plays the piano. And what does he sing? And yes, what cold. Amen. He kissed me. I said, come here and give me a kiss. He said, and then he says, oh, I'm sick. If you're sick, don't kiss me. If I ask you to kiss me and you're sick, don't you dare touch my face. Amen. And don't shake hands. Give me five. You know, give me a pound. Oh, pound me. Don't, don't touch me. I got enough problems. Crazy? Yep. You know why. I told you it's Sunday, right? Anyway, we spoke about uh, a few things, and uh, since I've been here, we spoke about love, the waxing of love during our day. And love's a key to everything. You cannot trust God unless you believe God loves you. Faith which worketh by love. If you don't have, if you don't believe God loves you, you can't trust him. And when you need to trust him the most, when things are getting worse. And when things are getting worse, you've got to say, he loves me. He loves me. You know what I mean? I remember the night my, I became a pastor at Bethel. I got voted in. And my mother came to my house to beat me up. She came on a Monday. She says, I heard that you got a vote in yesterday. I said, I did. The pastor, yeah. Boom! Grabbed my hair and started hauling off and hit me in my face. In my living room, my kids grabbing my legs, screaming and crying. My wife saying, Mom, please. Mom, please. In my living room, boom. Boom, you heretic. You're no good a heretic. Punched me in the face, and, uh, and I kept saying to my little kids as she hit me, my mother loves me. She loves me. She does. She thought I got involved in a cult. She was trying to rescue me. 
her emotions and all her actions were based on love, you see. She was just trying to correct me. That's the way Italian ways they do it. She was four foot ten, jumped up, grabbed my hair, and stopped pounding me in the face. And, and I'm telling my kids, how much more when God corrects us and chastens us that we ought to say God loves me? And things don't go the way. God's preparing things, and he's shaping our children. And sometimes our trials help shape them. So uh, we ought not to be afraid of God's will, whether it be in or out, up and down. Or whatever it might be, you need to remember Calvary. It's the only demonstration of it. There's no other times of it. You know, you want to know the love of God, you go back to Calvary. We have it in the Lord's table. We have it in baptism. We have it in evangelism. And we have it in mission. So if you want to be reminded of the love of God, get into a local church and stay involved in those ordinances and in those uh, outreaches because that's where the love of God is located. Tonight we're in Matthew chapter 26. I, I changed my sermon because I, I thought it might be a little too lengthy, and I don't want to take Pastor Tool's time. So if I can get done in like three minutes, it would be cool. But you know, that's not possible. That'd be good, wouldn't it? But it's not going to happen. All right. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, it states, Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane. And he saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and uh, <clears throat> the two sons, Zebedee and began to sorrowful, be very heavy. And then he said in verse 38, then he said, uh, saith he unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, watch with me. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou will. And he cometh unto his disciples, and he findeth them asleep. And he saith unto them, Peter, what could ye not watch with one hour? Watch and pray, ye enter not into temptation, that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again a second time, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came, and he found them asleep again, and their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and he went away again, and prayed the third time, saying what? The same words. Our Heavenly Father, as we see you struggle over something very basic but so important, another one's will, your Father's will. As we speak tonight on will wars, I pray you'll take hearts and help us to know the very thing that Father God stands between us and revival is our own will. Your will is for us to have life, life more abundantly. Your will is for us to be dead to ourselves and alive unto you. Your will is, Father God, to, that we would believe you, for you made the way. It's by faith we, won, we, we walk. It's by faith we perform. It's by faith, Lord, that we have victory over this world. So, Lord, I pray as we speak on will wars, may we search our wills. Is there any will in here, and even including myself, that's not a, lined up with your will? Oh, Heavenly Father, hedge this place with angels. Bind, rebuke any demonic activity. Arrest every soul. If perhaps perchance is an unsaved, I pray tonight they'll be sure. And Lord Jesus, I pray for Pastor Tool as he comes, he should anoint his preaching, and Father Sean singing, and this wonderful church. Thank you for placing your spirit, this body here. Thank you for the great light you placed in North Jersey. Continue to keep Pastor Tyson and his wife. Use them greatly. And may we all, Father, understand, doing your will will know the doctrine. Doing your will will find success. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Oh, one verse here, 39, it says, And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And here's the word I want to speak on tonight, nevertheless. Nevertheless, one word, nevertheless. Jesus is in a will war. The will war is Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if Jesus, I would have told the Holy Spirit, don't record this. I'm God's son. I was at the throne. I left heaven. I became humbled. <laughs> I became a man, then a servant at that. Then, a, then I killed, you know, I died. And uh, don't record this. I don't want anybody to see my weakness. Say, I'm a weak man. Weakness is nothing wrong with weakness. God has always asked me to do things I can't do in my own flesh. I don't want to, you know, it says Ezekiel was taken up in a spirit of bitterness. Ezekiel didn't want to do the things he did. You ought to study the fullness of the spirit in the book of Ezekiel. <laughs> the Holy Spirit makes us do things a lot of times contrary to our flesh. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. They are past as high as the heavens are from the earth. So is his wills and his ways and his understanding. He's a foreigner. He's from out of space. And he's telling me how to live in this space. And it's a will war. I constantly have will wars. I have will wars in my marriage. Not my wife's will, but my will be done. You get the idea? I have will wars with my children. Not on this shift. My will. And so Jesus is in a will war, and he's in a garden of Gethsemane, and he's fighting the will of God. Because the will of God is to come open with open shame. It says he's despised the shame in the book of Hebrews that was set before him. But he looked beyond the cross. He looked beyond that. And so will wars. And so I believe the very thing that, that holds us back a lot of time with revival is our will. I mean, if you get this one thing, it's pretty simple. Uh, now, when I want to go do God's will, and when God has asked me for the last 30, since he's called me full-time and things I had to do to step out, and even today, I might have to, I have to step out of the pastorate, you know, and uh, I got in, I stayed in, and, and I'm waiting for orders. My resignation has been written since I was 60 years old, and the only thing that's missing is orders. I came with the word, I've stayed with the word, and I'll leave by the word. And so... Uh, but nonetheless, God's will. And in all the times of my life when God's called me to do his will, it was scary, stuff that's invisible. Faith is the substance of things not seen. <laughs> it's pretty hard to step out on stuff you can't see, amen? And so I've been battling God's will for a lot of years. I don't do it initially. I don't do it immediately. But if you leave me, get alone with this and struggle with it, I'll eventually get it. Because God's working in me to do his will and his good pleasure. And a lot of times because it's foreign and because it's contrary, we'll say, no, that can't be God's will. I mean, I've heard people trying to reconcile. Well, no, I don't think so. You know? I mean, forgiveness is God's will. In fact, it's so much God's will that he says, if you don't forgive, I won't even bother with you. Don't even come near me. I won't hear your prayer. Forgiveness is the will of God. We're to forgive each other. You know, my wife and I have been married 47 years. I dated her six or seven years. We've been together so long, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. And, and I would say, well, you must love each other. We don't. We're the model of love. Well, no, we're the model of a man and a woman. She's different than I am, and I'm not like her, and we have wars. Amen? But you know why we stay together all these years? Because we forgive each other. It's God's will. That's what keeps the church united, forgiveness. Because offenses will come from the home and from the church and from the neighborhood and from the job. It's God's will that we forgive. That's how you continue. It's God's will. And I'll tell you something. You get in a forgiveness war, phew, buddy. 
I love when I get mad at my wife. I love vengeance. I love vengeance. That's just a part of my Italian nature. We're going to get you. We're going to take you for a ride, and we're going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kiss you, take you out for dinner, and you're going to get new shoes. Be a little heavy, but we'll make them fit real good. Amen? <laughs> That's just my nature. Hey, Dominique, we're going to get them. Call Mr. Lou. Hey, Mr. Lou, my mother wants to see you. How much are you going to cost to break their face? You know what I mean? And so Jesus Christ in John chapter 5, don't turn there. He said, I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Seeking for it. Submitting to it. And then in John 7, again, in verse 16 to 18, he says, if any man would do his will, he shall know the doctrine. You'll never learn Christianity until you obey Jesus Christ. Doing God's will is simple as obedience. That's all it is. Amen? And so the key verse here is in verse 39. It's the word nevertheless. I want to speak on that word, nevertheless. Will wars, if there be a title to this. First of all, the word never. Here's the first point, duration. Duration. The word never has something to do with time. The word never means never. Right? Women use this word all the time, do not. You never say you love me. You never help me around the house. You never take me nowhere. You never. And a man, when he hears that word never, just gets murder in his mind or some other type of evil. Because <laughs> it's not true, but just, they just fall to this word never. You never, never. You've got to be kidding me. You know? And I think because it bothers us, at least me, my wife uses it, you know, a little closer. All right. Never. Duration. Here's the second point. Definite article, the. Never the word the, which means, what's the word the? It means one, right? Definite article, one. What's, so you've got to go to the context, the will of God. Never should the will of God, third point, we're moving along here, should be less. God's will should never be less than your will. And every time you decide to do your will, you make God's will less. And when you say that, it stings you in your heart. It should anyway. God, I know what you want here. I know you want me to forgive. I know you want me to love. I know you want me to come out on visitation. I know you want me to do this. I'm not going to stay home. I know you want me. I, I know God, but boy, that will hurt. But God's will is about to become less than your will. Just imagine. How do you know God's will? You study his word. You get the mind of Christ. Amen. Let this mind be in you. Why? That's the mind that had to do his will. And it surrendered. And more, what Jesus had to do and put up with. It wasn't a cakewalk. Peter tells us to follow his steps. Amen. Doing the will of the Father, not our own will. I don't know about you, but I had 30 years of my own will and quite a, quite a few intermissions of having my own will. Okay. And uh, uh, my will's never fun. There's a way that seems right in the man. Can I put it this way? There's a will of man that seems right. But at the end of the man's will is destruction. So there's a way that seems right to us. It's just not right. But any man do the will of the Father. So you see now, the, the, there's the word degree. That's a point degree. So, so you have, you have the, the duration, time. You had the definite article. And degree in the word degree is, is a degree. It's less. You actually put God's will less than yours. Now, let's take the example of Jesus Christ. How did he do God's will? Okay? How does he win this will war? First of all, he was honest. He said, I got a battle with your problem. God says, you're going to go full time. Sean's father aggravated me to death. I could not stand your father. You have no idea how many times I wanted to kill that guy. You know, he's hyper. He's nuts. 
It's crazy. And when he gets on something, you just must surrender. I never met a stubborn Irishman like Pastor Dennis Higgins. What a whack job. That guy's nuts. You're going full-time. You're going full-time. You're full-time. I said, listen, you're the pastor. I'm the treasurer. We're just about past. You're going full-time. You need faith. And he wanted me to go out in December of 1981. And I just didn't have the faith to do it. And then January came around. You're going to Bible college. You're stupid. You're not smart. And it took me for a walk from my house to Broad Street, which is about a mile. He, he walks like 70 miles an hour. If you ever walk with your father, he doesn't walk slow. You, you Keep up, keep up. Talk, 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 talk. Walk, walk, walk. And he, he, deprivation, he would use like sleep deprivation to get me to do. I'm telling the truth. He would just wear me out. Oh, I'm going to go to Bible college. And so I went to Bible college. And then finally in February, March, I said, you know what? I'm going to go out April Fool's Day. So I put my resignation at the International Airport. I went out April Fool's Day, being a fool for Christ. But I'm telling you, after I put that resignation, I got scared. My wife, I go to work, and, she's, and I come home an hour later. She says, what are you doing home? I says, I just, four buses passed me. I just came I'm depressed. And then a couple days, I mean, I eventually go to work. I'd just be two hours late. And then I go, and I, the next morning, I, I come home. She says, what are you doing home? I said, I'm depressed. Scared. Five children leaving a job with all kind of insurance policies, and I was top dog on my job. I was one of the best mechanics at the airport, supervisor. Things were getting good. Things were getting easy. And God says, you, I'm using Pastor Higgins. No, Pastor Higgins, is, he's got his residue from LSD when he used to do drugs. It can't be. Uh, what a war. But your father is who pushed me to Bible school. Your father pushed me to full-time ministry. He still tries to push me every once in a while. He calls me out. He's a pusher. Hey, he's a pusher. My uncle's looking for a good pusher. <laughs> so to the degree, so, so Jesus was honest, and I got honest. And I should picture myself jumping off the Empire State Building and getting about one story left, and Jesus picked me up. And I got that picture from an eagle with its eaglet. It just teaches it how to fly. But I started to realize Jesus can't make me crash because his name's attached to what I do. Amen? St. Paul says, for, uh, said, David uses a lot in the Psalms, for thy namesake, for your reputation. I'm a sheep. You're the shepherd. I fall. That's on you. And my mother would come over, stupid though. She'd holler upstairs. I'd be studying. Moron, dummy, what are you doing? You can never be a pastor. What are you, stupid? And she'd holler and discourage me. And I was a nut. Case and my wife would cry, why don't you be like the other men in the church? There's something wrong with you. You used to study the Bible just too much. Oh, my God. The will of God doesn't make people happy. The will of God scares us. But you've got to be honest, really, with yourself. I don't like it. It's foreign, and it's scary. And so Jesus was honest, but Jesus was also in this battle that he had. He was humble. He was humble. It takes a humble person to consider the will of another person. Pastor Tice around here needs some men that will be humble. Not equal to, but under. And one of the pastor's greatest problems in in ministry is prideful people. Won't do certain things. Limit their service. I'm sorry, I just don't do that. They just don't fall in. and It breaks the team up. One of the best things about a good team member is they're humble. They just do what they have to do when they're called on to do it. Until that time, they sit back and cheer those who are. It takes a humble person. Jesus was humble. And he was honest, 
He humbled himself. He bowed his knee in the garden and says, Father, is there any way out? Is there, I don't want to do your will. Honesty, humility, you're the boss. I'm here under you. I come to do your will, not my own. He was honorable. When you submit your will to the will of another, it's honor. When, a, when a, God says, young people, listen to this, honor your mother and father, that's all he's saying is do your parents' will. In the military, you do your commander's will. I got an honorable discharge because I honored my commanders. They put their will over my will. I went to a Catholic school all my life. I was trained to be under the will of other people. I had a little Italian mother, four foot ten. I mean, this thing, whew, she was, her will. I was 21 years old. I was kissing my girlfriend, Linda, and she came around Linda's house and beat me up at 12 o'clock at night because I wasn't home. 21 years old, boom, she said, I'm, t- boom, she said, you get a home right now, you put your feet under my table, you living in my home, I got the rules, you come home right now. And my wife said, why don't you go home, I was so embarrassed, 21-year-old, working, bringing home some big cheese, and my mama beat me up on the corner. <laughs> Talk about embarrassment, I wanted to strangle her that night, beat her up, and my wife, at my girlfriend at the time says, that's your mother. Respect your mother. I understand what she's saying. I kind of knew Linda was like my, my wife because of that. She was, a, she was a cool chick. Cool chick. But honorable people, we need to study the word honor. It's, it's, it's no longer in our churches. It's no longer in our even military. It's no longer in our government. We don't honor our leaders. And the word honor is to, to put their will over yours. And Jesus Christ was honored. Now, let me tell you, when you're honored, doors open, promotion comes. And that's how people get promoted, through honor. Jesus was highly exalted because he humbled himself and he honored the Father's will over his own. And that's what that is. It comes to push and shove. You know what I mean? Push and shove. Whose will is going to be done? My wife needs to honor me. I'm her husband. Is it fun to honor her husband? I'd give her a hundred reasons not to. But if she does God's will, she'll honor me. When she honors me, my children will honor me. The foundation is being strong and built. See, I need to honor her. In, her. in certain areas, I need to honor my wife. The Bible says, honor your wife. She's the weaker vessel. That's what Peter calls us to do, to, to submit a lot of times to her. I submit to her will a lot of times. Amen? And uh, why? She needs me to. I need, she needs my help. And she calls on me to do this and to do that. And that's not disrespectful. And that's not be, being less. But I honor her requests and honor her, her needs. And I'm supposed to meet that. You see? So we're to honor our wives, and that's to submit your will to their will sometime. Now, if they're nuts, and they're, oh, we don't want to get into that. We want to get marriage counseling. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. All right. But Jesus in Philippians says he humbled himself and became a servant, made himself of no reputation. See, that's the thing. The person's will it is gets the reputation. The person's submit is not getting a reputation. It's a prideful thing a lot of times. And so the will of God is, listen, it's in salvation. A lot of people can't get saved because they won't do the will of God. It says, many shall come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord. He says, I never knew you. And it says, they did not do the will of my Father. To be saved, you've got to find how God wants you to be saved. The will of God, he's got a will in salvation. I mean, there's a will of God. In, in John 1, 12 and 13, it says that it's not your Father's will. It's not a, a man's will. It's, no, it's not even your own will when you get saved. It's God's will 
we get saved. And he has the plan of salvation. Romans 6, 13 and 16 talks about believers yielding yourself, yielding your members, your instruments, as instruments of righteousness. What do you mean yielding? That's the will war. Here's my hands, my mouth, my, your mind is the first instrument you got to yield. Amen? Um, so I just want to think, you know, no offense, but, well, we murmur, don't we? You know, murmur's a good thing. If you say good things over and over in your mind. But murmuring's a bad thing. I would come home from work and my wife would be doing dishes and she's slamming. And I can always tell when something wasn't right because things, the forks got put down hard, the dishes, you know. And I looked at the moon, it was full. And I looked around and I knew some other things was happening. And I looked in her chin and there was some hair growing. And I go, oh my, I should have worked overtime tonight. Amen. And my wife was telling herself over and over again how bad things are. And when you say how bad things are, you look for the reason they're bad. You find fault with people around you. Why is the church so bad? Why is the kids so bad? Why is the home so bad? Why is the finances so bad? And Satan gets away getting in your mind. But your mind can be used for great things. But here's the first thing you yield is your mind. It says in Romans 8, if you think of the flesh, you'll do the things of the flesh. But if you think of the spirit, you'll do the things of the spirit. In Romans 7, calls the law of the mind. There's a law in your mind. Whatever you think, you become and that's an instrument, one of the first instruments you want to yield. You want to think how God wants you to think. Because if you think how God wants you to think, you'll wind up doing what God wants you to do. Your biggest problem is tonight is thinking. What did they say? He didn't even say hello to me. He said hello to her. He didn't say hello to me. You know what I mean? Hey, pastor's asking these guys to do this, but he won't ask me. And you start thinking these crazy things. And you're not going to be able to do God's will. God's will has called us to humility to death, and wait on our ministries. Hang out. God calls on you. How do guys get so mad at me? He said, oh, every time, the only time you call me is when you need me. I said, I'll call you when I don't need you. Hey, Frank, you want to come to church? For what? I don't know. I don't need you. (laughs) What are you, a wise guy? No, I just want to let you know I'm calling you here when I don't need you. This guy was a, I mean, I'm telling a true story. That's what I do. I call him up. Hey, Frank, how you doing? You want to come to church? Why? I don't know. Just come around. For what? I don't know. I don't need you. I said, when was the last time you called 911 when you didn't need them? I need you. You have a gift. And when I call you, come. Amen? Stop worrying about who came last week. How come I didn't call you two months ago? What are you, crazy? God, drive me nuts. I was going to shoot him, but God took him home beforehand. Amen? <laughs> I knew it was God's will that he go to heaven. I just did not <laughs> think about that one. Crazy Frank drove me nuts. Prideful. Comparing with other people. That's not God's mind. Mama, you got God's mind to be a wife and a mother. Man, husband, father. You got God. There's filler here about how to be a dad. You got to think on what position or where, what performance that you're performing. You got to think what God has for you to do at that moment. And then you surrender your will because your will is going to be contrary to God's. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.